Hello, everybody, and welcome. My name is Ryan. And I'm Heather. And this is Confidence Through Cabaret. And today we are talking to the wonderful Saru Gupta, who is an incredible transformational meditation coach who uh, is able to help her clients facilitate the idea that they can burst out of the myth that busy women, women who work in, uh, in high pressure jobs and who are doing their absolute best can't have it all. So Saru, hi, welcome, how are you doing? Hello Ryan, hello Heather, I'm really well thank you, how are you guys? Oh good, great. thank you, it's such a pleasure to have you on today, thank you for joining us. Likewise, thank you for inviting me on this podcast. Oh absolutely. Um, so I really, I mean, myself and Heather have been talking about this for a long time. We've been looking forward to doing this, uh, the, doing this podcast interview with you. Um, it's been a real uh, sort of, it's been really exciting reading about some of the stuff that you've been doing and hearing about some of the work that you've got going on. I mean, you're, you're working on books, you have your own coaching business, you are so active, you have so many different sort of strings to the bow. Tell us, tell everybody who's listening, give us an idea of what are you up to now? What is, what is all of the things? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for like giving me such a wonderful intro. <laughs> um, hi everyone. Like I already said, my name is Saru and uh, I am a, well, that's the title I call myself these days. It's, I, I don't like being fit into a box, but um, the title is health and transformational coach. I do have a lot of background in meditation. I have a deep meditation practice and I believe, uh, body-mind awareness has to be the foundational for any deep transformation to happen. Um, I work with, uh, like Ryan already introduced me, with busy women. It could be corporate, it could be business. You know, women who are living um, 24-7 high-pressure life and they're trying to manage different parts, like juggling between uh, different parts of life. They want to have, you know, a career, like they wanna have, they wanna be a leader in their careers, you know? They wanna make lots of money, but they also don't wanna compromise um, on their health. But the problem is that the examples we have or the stories we have read has been, you can have one or the, like one or the other. It's not possible to have both. And yes, you will have one of very rare examples of someone who's probably at the top, top level who are having probably both. But when you look at women, you know, who are the mid-level, they're really struggling with this. And um, this is my own journey. So this is what my passion is. I come in, I look at um, what, what, are they, what are they going through? It could be if they have chronic fatigue, they could be burnt out. They could be having um, different symptoms like physical symptoms, like, you know, um, it could be their body showing a lot of um, flus, like they have, um, they have flus happening all the time or they could be, you know, the menstrual cycle is off and they're not, they're not able to understand what's happening. And then from an emotional point of view, they're feeling all over the place. They can't control their emotions. They're feeling their anger is out of control and or they become very suppressed. You know, they just suppress everything. On, and at the same time, from a mental, they're, they're, they're so in their head that that's become their normal. So these are the kind of women I work with and I help them find a deeper connection with themselves without losing in touch with their careers. So they can have that as well. Like they don't have to give up that, but come to the two true feelings and let those feelings guide their life. So they can really be the true leaders they're meant to be. 
they can be the fem they can be the deep feminine they are in the masculine world world oh i absolutely love that and I, I, I'm, I'm really excited to know, like, how did you get into this work? What led you to, to come to that, that realization you could help? Well, I probably will need more than one podcast to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I've, like, I've had a long journey. Like, I really sometimes say that I've lived many lives in one life. Uh, to be truly honest, this is something I never thought I would be doing. Like, you know... Um, I was a hardcore corporate woman. I loved the corporate life. I, so just to give you my background, I was born in India and um, I was there till I was 19. And then I moved to US. I've lived in different parts of US for almost seven years. I did my higher education there. Then I worked as a consultant before I moved to Australia um, for almost, I've been living there for 11 years where I've done different, I've had different careers as well. And, um, and that explains my accent. Like I've got a very mixed accent. It's not like, um, it's not like, you know, completely uh, from US or Australia or India. It's just mixed from everywhere. Um, but all of, during all of this while, um, I was doing things, I was traveling from one place to another. But I guess, uh, and I was, I, I've always been super ambitious, but I've always struggled with, um, from outside my life looked perfect. Where, you know, like I was, working a lot, I, I used to work out like crazy so I could look fit in my body, but it also meant I was completely, like, completely chaotic. My life was really chaotic, you know, but people from outside couldn't tell. They thought, like, I was best, I was a high performer, but inside I had emotional eating, like eating disorder. I used to have a lot of emotional eating. I was stressed out all the time. My, um, my, my emotions were all over the place. You know, um, and even though I was, I was performing really well, but inside, I did not truly know who I was. And honestly, at that time, I didn't even think that was a concern. It was, it's, it was only when the deeper I started diving into my emotional eating and why, you know, I was using an outside substance to kind of take care of my emotions and which is so common for me, it was emotional eating, it was food, but for someone else, it could be wine. For, for another person, it could be, you know, like we're just on Facebook all the time. So different people have their drug <laughs> because I can't find a better word at the moment. But yeah, and, and one thing led to another and I, and I just got onto this path. Um, I wanted to find a better way when I couldn't understand why I was not happy. I started a health and fitness um, venture six years ago with my partner. We had teamed up with different, different experts in different parts of the world. But what happened one year into the business, I just couldn't do it. Right. I realized that even though I had changed careers, my issues were still following me. And the funny thing was, even though I was here, I was wanting to be a top a leader, you know, wanted to bring an impact in the world, wanting to create a health and fitness and minds adventure. And when I had to stand up in the leadership, all of a sudden, all my shadows were coming out and I didn't, I was not equipped to deal with anything. So that's how my journey started. Like, you know, and six years after that, this is where I've ended up like going really deep in, digging in, studying more and experimenting with things. And this is where I am. Wow. I, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, 
you could be telling my story. Really? Wow. Almost word for word. <laughs> and uh, it makes me reflect on the fact that you are serving people, but women in particular, who, who have this story as well. Um, and there are so many of us. Yeah. What would you say was that kind of point when you went, yeah, this is the right path for me. This is what I need to dig into. To be honest, I kept denying this thing for a long time. So I, like, I won't lie. Like, it's not like I'm going to say, oh, one day I had this thing. This is my purpose. Like, even now, every day, well, not every day anymore, probably once a week now. I'm like, is this what I'm really doing? Because none of us are taught to do this. Like, we are used to, like, a conventional job, a conventional life, like, you know, and Somewhere as a little girl, that's what, or little boy, that's what we dream of, to fit in. And to be honest, I really don't believe when someone says they feel great to not, that they're not able to fit in. That's not true. It's never easy. Mm. Because as humans, belonging is such a natural part of our lives that um, we want to fit in. So I think uh, to answer your question, I was doing something or the other coaching or mentoring on the side since last five years. But it was more of a hobby. I was in the corporate world. I was earning money from there. Like corporate world pays well. I was I had, a, I had a decent job, more than a decent job. But this was something I was doing on the side. And I was charging peanuts from clients. But I think somewhere like a few years ago, there just came a point when I started experimenting a little bit more, stepping out, you know, started running meditation classes and more from a again, for corporate women, how to start associating with your, with your body. But then last year, I had my own major surgery. And once I came out of the surgery, it was just clear, like there was no going back. Like as if something clicked, you know, I was like, yep, I just got to do this full time. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit speechless, which <laughs> almost never happens um, at, how, at how, how similar that is. And I wonder in your uh, practice and, and your connections with women, how often it is that it comes to a, almost a physical crisis that makes us face all of the other realities and things that we need to, to, to take on board as a practice. Um, because for me, it was a, a physical crisis as well. <laughs> and, I, and I think, I think uh, you know, I know that you do a lot of work around, you know, kind of health being body and mind, because we've yep. talked about that. What, how, how do you see that connection showing itself with the, the women that you work with? So actually, thank you for bringing that up. You know, um, for me, I think the biggest thing is it's all about body. And um, like, and I, I think I probably skipped that part to explain. So, I had tried so many things in my life. Like I'm not, um, it was like from every course from landmark to you can talk about past life regression to like going to metaphysical or scientific in every course I thought I tried like while running my business and before and after when I started my business living for five, six years ago. But then in 2016, I started meditating 
And when I started meditating, um, it was hard, but I just started experimenting on my own. Mm. And then I signed up for my first silent five days course I went for. That was the hardest thing I'd ever done in my life. Mm. So what happened was it was a body-based meditation. And once I was there, it was like, I think that was the first time I actually sat in my body. And I just sounds, this sounds crazy because for most people, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, cause I used to do yoga. Like I've always been a fitness person and you know, like, I'm not like, I'm not aware of my body, but I think until someone has experienced deep association with the body, they cannot understand what it means because this is not conceptual. Mm-hmm. This is really deep embodiment. And after that, like, even when I'm saying this, like I'm feeling like this breath, like just go deep in my whole life changed. And it's not like it became easy. It actually became harder because it meant everything which I was denying, everything that was sitting in my body had to come up. It completely had to come up from every angle, like my trauma, because I can't find a better word at the moment. I think we all have, trauma is such a loosely used word, but I mean anything that we have suppressed as a child, consciously or unconsciously, just came out. And the next two, two years of my life, after the meditation course was like a roller coaster ride. It was like, like a torch went on all, every shadow in my body. And because I was practicing such deep body practices along with somatic therapy and experimenting with many other like, you know, body practices that I became really deep aware of the sensations in my body. And that allowed a deep nervous system reset which allowed for kundalini awakening to happen because i can't find a better word you know let's not call it kundalini awakening you can just call it aliveness which is a birthright which is a life force mm-hmm. so um when you're saying like you know um so back to the original point like you know yes for me this is what's becoming more and more clear like this is four years after when i went for the meditation course and the deeper i've gone and and women i've been working with i truly believe and this is like, without a doubt, you cannot experience deep transformation until you have a deep body awareness. Like it's impossible. And I can, like, I won't, so I know they talk all about growth mindset. I think growth mindset is one component of it. Right. But if you're not in your body, it can just be a mental concept. And then you're just trying, and then you try a new thing and you try to do new thing. You are not sitting in your body. So I think, that's what like when I work with them and that's what we do we kind of connect them with their body we look at what messages their body is giving and then we go to the root cause in every area and then we look at the deeper patterns that can come up and then we deal with the mental physical spiritual every angle but to answer the other question Richard asked because I don't want to miss that that it's always a physical kind of a crisis for women you know which leads to like that I think at least I can talk from my experience. I think what happens is when we have a physical crisis, we are given no choice but to stop. And we have no choice. So we have to surrender. Like it's like, I compare this to death. Like it's the same thing. Like when someone, something dies, right? We have to grieve. We have no option. And then that happens. That's it. The same way when I went through my major surgery, the, and I realized after, because I was quite independent. I had to surrender to a deeper level, which I didn't even know was possible. And which for corporate women and A-type women or business women, it's really hard. We really do not know 
what deep surrender means like you know it's easy saying but we really do not know like even doing this there is still a little bit of control but when you have some physical crisis you have to surrender yeah yeah you do and in fact if i didn't have a physical crisis i never i, I just I, i just kept filling it up with more things more, more things Completely. to do more things to be busy with more roles to fulfill um and and it is it is that that moment that completely shuts you down and you have to and i would say um i still carried on as much as i could and then i had another physical crisis and then i still carried on as much as i could and then in 2020 when covid hit and my global business was shut down cuz travel was impossible um that was when i was like okay i surrender like i i i've ignored it and ignored it and and eventually you have to hit that crisis and for me i was physically locked in my house you know it, that's what it took yeah. um and even in even in illness you know i would i still carried on completely i, I was not quiet in the morning before i had my surgery in the afternoon Do you know yeah. yeah yeah and ryan is shaking his head going this is crazy yeah. but i but i wonder um i know you predominantly work with women um why do you think this is so so prevalent with women especially and i know it's not only women but why is it mm. so prevalent with women what is what is that about in your view look i think a couple of things like what comes to top of my mind first is i think women are uh maybe because um let me collect my thoughts for this one um I think that I'm, I'm I'm having so many different ideas I'm like it could be this that but yeah. one thing it could be because women if you look in older traditions or ages ago we were our role was very clear mm-hmm. this is who we are and this is what we do and in some ways I think it made life easier and I trust me I'm not making it sound like oh you know women had easier at that time I'm not saying that they had their own troubles but it when you have this identity you could just this you know rules and you just follow that it just makes you just do it and that's it and in a way with our evolution we women want different things we want to be we want to be independent but we also want to surrender and i think because we haven't learned this art because probably our mothers didn't know that like my mom didn't work and she is so graceful in who she is and sometimes i wish i could be like her but there is a part of me that can never be like her and there is a part of me that is like her because of course you know we get things from our parents but the other part of me that wants to conquer the world that wants to bring my gift out there and that wants to prove because i can't because there is this you know this proving energy as well that wants to prove my worth you know in some ways that just does more and more and more yeah. and i think men again i'm not saying all men are like that men are better at taking care of themselves this i have actually realized and um sorry men if i'm offending anyone but i really feel compared to women they are better and it could also be because women are naturally givers they give birth to a baby they nurture they nourish but there's somewhere they're so used to giving you know giving that they forget 
that they need to stop a little bit as well. And I'm a classic example of that. I have to remind myself even now as well, sometimes. Yeah, I, I talk a lot about feminine and, and masculine energy, and I know that it's not quite as cut and dried, and we're, and we're very um, open for, for all identities. Um, so it's not, it's not, when we talk about women and men, we're not, um, because gender is a, is a, is a man-made construct, but... Completely. Um, so, so it's not exclusive to a gender as such. It's, I guess, what we're really kind of intimating here is that this is about like how we identify with the different energies. And so if you're anatomically a man, if you like, then you, you would still potentially have this identification of that you're discussing around what, what our role is. Um, but the, the physicality of a woman, yeah, you, my mother didn't work either, or, or she didn't until I was older. And and there weren't those choices. Certainly my grandmother didn't have those choices and was pretty happy without those choices in a yeah. weird way um, because there was no other option. You found your joy in what you had and what you were doing. Um, you know, and I, I, I don't think, well, it wasn't that long ago. I, I moved to the UK in the eighties and they were just getting rid of passports where women were on their husband's passport. <laughs> you know, so it's not really that long ago. And I think with our generation, it, it, we, we had so many choices. And, and as you say, with A-type, we all went for it, or a lot of us went for it um, in taking on all of these roles. Do you find that it's, it's um, specific to women in, who, who have a corporate life or have an affinity to, to corporate life? Or do you find this comes up in other walks of life as well? I think it comes up in all walks of life. Like, you know, it comes up for any woman who's ambitious. It's not necessarily she has to be corporate woman. She could be someone who is artist as well. But I think in an, in an artistic community, at least that's what I would like to think. Um, you know, an artist has to be able to silence their mind more because they are channeling some kind of gift, right? So um, it, it might show up in a different way compared to a corporate woman because a corporate woman has been putting a mask off a complete masculine energy, whereas denying her feminine completely. Um, and that's why it shows, it, it shows up very clearly black and white. Like, you know, you're always in your mind and, you know, or if you're feeling emotional, you're just like, you know, that kind of a woman who can't handle her emotions. Like, you know, you're defined like that by the corporate world versus like, you know, um, and again, when I'm saying that I'm like, you know, so it, it doesn't allow someone to be who they are truly like if they're feeling something in the moment they can't um it's it's denied that part of them is right and and then they never get um opportunity to actually balance themselves out it is totally possible that their emotions are out of balance or um you know they are too much in their head you know so they never get balance but back to your question about you know do i think it it happens in other walks of life yes it does it just shows up differently there because somewhere i mean like if you are a type woman who wants more from life, who doesn't typically falls for a delicate, you know, like a delicate, graceful, like I'm not saying I'm not graceful, but like, you know, like a, like not, not outspoken woman, then it's kind of hard to fit, hard to find where to fit in. And I think it just shows, like it, it will show up for them in one way or the other. At least that's what I believe. Yeah, and I, I guess 
um, if 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 our if our form of career is as an artist, for example, um, then there is an expression that is very mm. individual in in a different way than than if you're corporate because you 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 fit into that corporate culture where you're working. So it, it could be quite different. Um, I'd be interested in your um, take on that, Ryan, as a as a full time artist. I mean, I think, um, yeah, I would, I would fully agree that I think there's, from what I've seen, you know, there, there is um, a slightly different approach because you don't have the same corporate kind of structure that you're dealing with within the artist realm. But I think there's just, there's just a whole other level <laughs> of things that, um, yeah. that are then forced onto uh, to anyone who identifies as woman as as a as a woman um, within those sectors. No matter, I think, pretty much, as we've seen, you know, no matter where a woman is, there is a rule about what she can and cannot do, cannot and cannot say, can and cannot think or believe, you know? There's always some sort of rule put in and a stricture put in across those spaces. Um, which is why I think so many, um, so many, so many of the women I know are sort of coming up to the same realizations, you know, that they're gonna have to do all of these different things to, to kind of bring themselves into a, into a sense of being one and, you know, whole and, and in line with themselves. But it's, it's that battle, it's an uphill battle um, for a lot of the women I know within the artist communities to, to get what they want. Because, you know, as you say, you know, it's that thing of like, every time you have an idea of what you think you can do and what you think you can achieve, typically speaking, let's face it, some guy's gonna come along and say, no. And then they have to break through another glass ceiling, you know? So how, so how would you suggest that, um, because, because it will be um, people listening to this who truly relate to this and have a very similar story to us, how, what, where do you start? I mean, obviously, and we'll, we'll share your details um, so they can get in touch, but, but wh wh where do we start with body? Do we start with mind? Do we start with finding out a practice? What, what do we do when we find ourselves in this trap? Because I didn't know where to start. If I wasn't shut down fully, physically, I wouldn't have known where to start. That's possibly why I didn't do it earlier. I think um, the first place, like, you know, for... Um, any busy, of course, like without knowing, you know, the full history of someone would be to kind of, because busy women find it really hard or not even busy or a type women find it really hard. Or maybe any women, I don't know, find it really hard to kind of take out space. Probably the first step would be to take out half an hour, even a day for themselves. And probably in the beginning, it would be not like doing anything having that time, which is an, an unallocated time, mm -hmm. almost like, you know, because um, it's very easy to fill that time as well. I'm gonna do meditation. I can say that like, you know, I don't wanna add another thing on someone's list because if they're already very busy, then they first need to look at, are they able to just take out half an hour for what they enjoy? To be honest, that's the first step I would recommend. If someone's good at doing that already and they already are very good at taking a half an hour for themselves, they're very comfortable with listening to the needs, their needs. Second thing would be to start associating with their body. And I, when I say that, I really mean start some kind of practice probably 
10 minutes daily, like put an alarm on your phone and start tuning into what your body is telling you. And it could be, and again, it's not a mind concept. It is like, you know, and this is something any, anyone can do it. This is something even artists should be doing it because if it's not already a part of their practice to start tuning in from the, it's almost like just scanning the body mm. from the feet all the way to the back and then, and then back um, to the front and then go back to the feet again. And just doing that will start over time. This is again, not a miracle. You do it one day and then you don't do it for 10 days. Doing it daily is gonna start getting them comfortable with their body. That is the first step. Because for many people, even the breath is very hard. And then, so like if someone is like already having a very stressful life and they're told, go and do hard yoga or go and take breath classes, that's just, that's probably gonna add to their stress rather than take things off their plate. So it is almost like, you know, learning to stop. But then if you stop, when someone's not used to stopping, if they have nothing to do, they're gonna go crazy. So why not you, why don't you start with just 10 minutes of connecting with your body? And that could be just, you know, scanning your body. That's the first step. That's the easiest thing, easiest thing I can think of at this moment. And is um, when you're talking about sort of scanning the body, does this come into what you're then talking about with um, with with sort of aligning with your nervous system as well? Yes, but it's not that simple. So, like when you work with your nervous system, you want to work with an expert. Mm-hmm. So, like if someone has a lot of trauma, a lot of trauma from their childhood or their past, then they definitely need a trauma expert because right. our nervous system, the way it happens, is like you know. I don't know if the listeners know, but like, you know, our parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system, our fight and flight gets activated. When, when there's so much stress, it means we're already always in fight and flight. And we need to kind of go into the rest and digest. And that's how we start working with the nervous system. Mm-hmm. So again, um, this takes, these are like deeper practices. And this definitely, you want to work with someone, you want to work with someone who understands what someone's unique condition is, like a client's unique situation is and what kind of tools would work for them. But just the first step would be once they start associating with their body, you know, and again, if someone doesn't have a trauma, it's easier for them. This will start getting them into the foundational work where they can now look at deeper work with going and working with someone else. But you definitely need some kind of an expert. It could be a coach, it could be a somatic therapy, it could be a teacher, meditation teacher, doesn't really matter. But like what that person's calling is, because I truly believe if this is something someone wants to dive dive into, you know, the path automatically starts unfolding. You know, the right person will come in front of them. Then of course it's their choice if they want to work with that person or not. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, I think, I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, you're right, we we don't learn all of these skills and programs um, early enough. And, you know, so things like stress management, we don't tend to talk about those. I've run a lot of stress management programs for clients, um, but it tends to be just kind of like a tick the box. You know, we did that program, we gave you that program. And you can always see that there's so much more that that people would would benefit from. Where would you suggest that people start with stress management in a work life? 
in a work life? I think um, what I tell my clients when I run workshops, you know, I always um, tell them that first they need to look at the symptoms, you know, and like the way I work, like, you know, what symptoms are they facing? You know, and um, looking at someone's symptoms kind of tells them that what, what is the root cause of the stress in their life? And then looking at that, so for example, if someone's feeling very emotional and is feeling like a lot of anger is there, or you know, they're not in touch with the sadness at all and everything's showing up as anger and they are like, um, they're feeling overwhelmed. So once you start tapping into what the symptoms are, you can then address what solutions they can find. So I like working with people starting with self, which is four components. You do need, um, like I've already explained, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, but then under that, there are many different pillars. I do like look into nutrition. I look. I do look at their movement. Are they moving? Are they moving their body on daily basis? What kind of self-talk they have? Do they have some kind of body practice on daily basis? Then uh, are they listening to their deep feelings? Are they using their feelings as a way of living life? Because our feelings are like you know people think mind is what tells us things mind our thoughts are only seven percent of the information we get more than 70 percent is from our body and our body's language is through feelings and emotions and a lot of my work is into that as well when i work with my clients um and then through that we also look at needs versus wants and this is something very interesting because i feel um a lot of people's needs what they truly need what not what not what they think they need because of what the culture has told them they need, but what they truly need has almost become like wants these days. Like it's almost like they've made it into a want. It'll be good to have it, but it's actually their true needs. And um, it's just addressing all of these different components together helps them completely reset their life that then whatever life brings, they are able to deal with it and then naturally they can manage the stress because it's not like a quick fix. Like, you know, I can say how to manage stress life, work-life stress. I can say, yeah, why they should take out half an hour for themselves, but that's temporary again. That's not going to give them the deep transformation where they would have dealt with this stress forever. Like life's going to throw chaos. That, there's no denying, but now they would have had the tools to deal with that chaos or deal with that stress. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's so true. I'm just listening through this all just going, absolutely, yes, yes, and more, yes, tell me more. <laughs> um, I was just thinking it's it's really interesting to sort of, to bring um, movement into that practice as well. Um, what's the, if someone's trying that for the, the first time and trying to sort of, you know, find something for them to get themselves moving, is there something that you would suggest as a, as a good way of like, what's a good grounding in that? Um, definitely, like what I do many times, but again, like I'm saying, this is not one practice for everyone. So like, you know, whoever is watching, it's really important to kind of find the right expert and to work with them. Um, and like, I do do 30 minute free value pack sessions as well, because I'm always scared to recommend something without knowing someone's history. Because these are delicate things, but, um, there are so many things we can, like you can do. 
I do recommend everyone should have at least 20 minutes of movement a day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it could be, you know, go for a walk, mm-hmm. you know, or you could just put on some music and shake, like literally shake, like not like choreographic dance, yeah, but yeah. like shake, you shake your body, you know, or you could do 20 minutes of, you know, you can, you know, do yoga from YouTube. Like these days, YouTube's got everything, mm-hmm. but, but at least some kind of movement on daily basis, mm-hmm. you know, that's gonna, that's the first step. Like even like, I know a lot of teachers will give grounding exercises, like stand on the ground and feel your you know roots going into the earth. That's not gonna make a big difference if mm-hmm. someone is not used to moving their body at all. Yeah. Because they don't even know what it feels like to have their body move. Yeah. So it's gonna be temporary. Like, yeah, they can feel the roots because I used to, I've tried all the things on, you know, on the planet for that matter. But if you have temporary exercise, it's gonna be temporary. So you need to first start connecting with your body through some kind of moment. Yeah. And once after trying it for like few weeks, you start feeling a difference, then you can try more grounding practices because now you have learned how to shake the stresses mm-hmm. or shake off you know, those things on daily basis. I am going to try shaking. I'm very excited because- I, I love shaking. <laughs> I, I do a class um, with, a, a group of us are aerialists and uh, one of us leads classes. And what I find interesting is we are very in tune with our body. We have to be or we fall. Um, but when we're moving in a more fluid, connected way, mm-hmm. it is stunning to me how many people say, I've never moved like that. Do you know, just like, just really noticing how, we, how mm-hmm. we're connected with mind-body is different than dancing. It's different than, than, you know, exercise. It's, it's even in a, in a way different than yoga. So I'm going to try shaking. Oh, I love it. Please that's, let me know how that goes. A, like you can, like you can release a lot. I would imagine. I'm going to try yeah. that. Yeah. Yes, yeah. You can release. And sometimes even two minutes is enough. You don't even no. need 10 minutes. Two minutes are enough. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's interesting that, you know, I can see where you could try all kinds of different practices. Um, to, to, to really, to really ha- have that connection. And I have got very solid established practices, um, but it is important to, to try new things and to shake it up a little bit because otherwise your practices become habits and you, and you, you don't have that same connection because it's unconscious, you have a connection, but um, so important to, to keep trying new things. Yeah, I completely agree. And I also think like, spot on and just add to that like I feel we can keep going deeper Mm. like there is always deeper connection there is always deeper embodiment there is like always deeper layers so um, definitely like I have to keep changing my practices or like keep adding to my practices you know all the time depending on what the need is and like you said like the more tuned you become to your body the more the easier it's to know when you're a little bit off and you know that you need something else or you need something more than, and I can say that because trust me, if someone had met me five years ago, four years ago, I was not connected to my body at all. Like that's a story for another time. Yeah. Like, you know, what my, you know, it was a complete story for another time, but um, yeah, I, I was a very different person, very different person. But fast forwarding to now, and we yeah. have, you know, you have a, a, an incredible practice that you that you run as a coach, and you're also you're working on. Well, is, is it two books that you're working on right now? 
Oh gosh, <laughs> I didn't know <laughs> So yeah, so no, well, I have just, um, well, I've just got, like I've just um, been part of a multi-author book. So I've oh. just finished my chapter. It's called Intuitive Know Her Truth. And it's going to be launched in, I think, another couple of months. It's coming out. It's exciting. Um, and it's and it's story of 25 women, you know, have done, who've connected to their intuition and have done different things, you know, in life. And then, yes, I am writing my own book as well. It's work in progress. And I must say, it's never easy to write your own stuff. You've got so <laughs> many ideas, but to put it, put it on the paper. And when you know it's going to be published, it's like, oh, the fear comes in. I'm, I'm not going to deny I have no fear. It's just that I know how not to. I'm learning how to work with it. Sure, sure, of course. Yeah. And it's embracing that as well, right? It's embracing Completely. that fear. It is. Completely. It is. And it's and it's kind of allowing yourself to go with your intuition. Mm. Completely. Which is not easy for yeah. some of us. Completely. And I think it's it's an ongoing practice. And it is about, and I think that's some of my work as well. The deeper in your nervous system you are, the deeper rest you have, the more rested you are, the less noise there is. And then you can listen to your heart, listen to the deep nudges of your heart. And this is not spiritual. This is actually quite scientific as well. If you look at any of the big breakthroughs in the world, from Einstein to anyone, they have had to be, they have to have that kind of silence to be able to create something magical. Or like any artist or like you cannot have that without a deep, deep, deep rest and listening to your heart. Mm. And I think that's where intuition is, you know, so and especially intuition, which is deeper than just perception, which, which is almost like a deep nudge. And when it's that clear, you end up following that. Yeah. Yeah. And this these days is a buzzword to talk about alignment. And, and I, I don't belittle it at all. But I think it's really easy to almost seem flippant about it because what you're talking about is true, deep alignment and, and not just kind of a, a whisper, but much deeper intuition. And that's how you know. Yeah, that's how you know. Like it's, it's not something you can ignore. It's, I call it deep knowing. You just know it's knowing. It's, it's not just intuition, it's knowing. And, and that's not fear-based. <laughs> no, no. You just know. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. I could talk to you forever. I know. Me too. Yeah. This is, I'm loving this conversation with you guys. I had no idea what was going to come out of here, but it's like, I'm amazed <laughs> what we've spoken about today. Yeah. And that's kind of the best conversations, isn't it? Is when you just kind of start off with the conversation and, you know, get to know each other and then, and then things unfold. Yeah. Completely. Oh, I just love this. Where can everybody find you? I, okay, great. Um, so I have, of course, I've got website, my, my website's full up and running. I've got Instagram handle, I've got Facebook and LinkedIn, but probably Instagram would be the best. Okay. And then from there, they can connect through me through my website. Um, it's um, MS Saru Gupta, so Miss Saru Gupta. Perfect. At the right, MS, S-A-R-U-G-U-P-T-A, MS Saru Gupta. And uh, over there, I have a lot of value packed 30 minute sessions. Like one I'm offering these days is get off the hamster wheel of stress. Sometimes I have, um, you know, different ones like self-care routine and manager energy, where we go into 30 minutes of deep what's happening in client's life. And then they walk away with one tool. And then of course, if they want to do deeper work with me, then there are opportunities beyond that. 
But then I also, I'm also doing lots of Instagram lives on a weekly basis where I share deep information and deep knowledge for people to start applying. Oh, amazing. So you go and follow. Make sure that you go and, and enjoy those sessions. You know, I think lots of us kind of follow lots of people and, and, then, not, and then don't make the time to really attend the sessions with someone that has resonated with them. So make the time to, to spend um, learning and finding your tools. And this is such a great resource. We're so honored that you shared with us your insights and your story and, and your contact. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you. It has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much, Rana Heather. This has been really lovely. Like I feel privileged you inviting me for this interview and having this lovely conversation with you guys, which started from one topic and it just went another and I just love it. Went on that I thoroughly day. enjoyed. Yes, I thoroughly <laughs> enjoyed everything we spoke oh. about today. Oh, thank you so much for joining us. It really, really has been a pleasure. And uh, yeah, everybody who's listening, please make sure that you go and look uh, through up on that Instagram, hit them up on LinkedIn, on Facebook, make sure you have a go through of all those social media, tune in, watch those, uh, watch those live, uh, live videos, you know, maybe if you have that half an hour free that we were talking about uh, a little bit earlier in the podcast, maybe that would be a nice chance to, to sit down and listen to a live, you know. Um, so thank you so much for joining us uh, today. Um, we talked about this just before we do our podcast. We like to uh, sign off with a little sort of affirmation reminder to ourselves. Would you like to join us within that today? Yes, please. I would love that. Sounds so okay. much fun. <laughs> okay. Well, my name is Ryan. I'm Heather. I'm Saru. And we're here to remind you that this is Confidence Through Cabaret and it is your body, your body, your, body. your world, your world. Well, your world your stage your stage your stage yes <laughs> thank you so much for joining us Mwah. thank you so much goodbye